Should we go? Should we get started? All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining. So this is automated VM right sizing with ease. Um, so today we'll be talking about virtual machine desired state configuration, or VMDSC, which I typically refer to because it's a mouthful otherwise. Um, my name is Steve Tilkins. I am a TAM Solutions staff architect uh, with VMware. Um, so thanks for joining today. Hopefully you're in the right place. Uh, of course, we have our disclaimer. This shouldn't be too applicable for our session today. VMDSC is a fling currently, so not a lot of future roadmap items that we can't talk about, things like that, right? So, um, Looking at the agenda real quick, so I'm going to cover kind of the problem, right? Why are we... Why are we trying to solve this right-sizing challenge that we have? And then we'll get into a couple scenarios that I think will probably resonate with a lot of you. And then we'll talk about the solution and how we actually uh, hope to achieve you know, making things easier for you from a right-sizing perspective. And then we'll talk a little bit about looking forward, and then hopefully we'll have a little bit of time at the end to talk some Q&A. Um, if I don't get to all your questions, I'll you know, go over there or something. You can flag me down, whatever. We can chat, right? All right. So. Why is right-sizing virtual machines so difficult? And I guess before I even ask this, let me ask, is right-sizing virtual machines easy? And, and I think when we talk about it, we need to talk about two different lenses, right? Is it easy technically, like changing the configuration of a VM? I think so, right? You just shut it down, you change the config, you power it back up, it takes 30 seconds, right? Or you can script it, you can automate it, right? But the challenge really comes in when we talk about the people and the process, and we all know that's a lot of fun, right? Um, we've all had those VMs that some vendor says, we need 64 CPUs and 128 gigs of memory, right? And they're using like this much of it. That's always a fun battle to fight. But it's getting better, I think. Um, no, it's not, she said, okay, <laughs> never mind. Um, but we have those tools, right? We've got VROPs, we've got vCenter, just performance metrics that we can prove. We're, we don't need all those things, right? So um, looking a bit more at the problem, right? So these incorrectly sized workloads cause a, a number of problems for us, right? We've got poor application performance, of course, right? Undersized VMs, obviously, if they're you know pegged at CPU and memory, they're starving for resources. You're not going to have great uh, application performance. And then alternatively, more frequently I see organizations have oversized VMs, right? And so then we get into CPU, memory contention, things like that, noisy neighbor, and uh, you know, CPU wait times, things like that. So leads to a lot of performance problems with our, our workloads. Um, unnecessary consumption of infrastructure, right? So this is the, the classic capacity uh, planning problem that we have, right? So when you get new applications that need to be stood up, new projects, and you wonder, how many VMs can I accommodate in this environment, in this cluster, right? If you have your, your workloads right size properly, you actually have a good idea of, of how much you can accommodate there, right? And then looking more at a uh, sustainability perspective, right, the, uh, the carbon footprint, this is something our customers are caring more and more about, especially as we look at, like, energy costs in Europe, for instance, right? Um, Lowering that as much as possible makes a lot of sense. And so getting back to why is right-sizing so hard, right? So a lot of times you need to shut down your VMs. Not all the time, but most of the time, right? Sometimes you'll have hot add enabled and you can add it on the fly, but a lot of customers don't do that because there's potential performance impacts and things like that. It leads to outages, potentially, but I think the biggest one here is going to be 
coordination with the business and application owners, right? So it's very time consuming to figure out who owns the VM. Can I change the configuration? When can I do that? And then actually scheduling this change and doing it in the middle of the night or whatever, right? And so that's what we really hope to, to fix. So, yeah. Yeah. So classic having you know, fighting that battle with whether or not they need the, the resources or not, right? Yeah. So let's go through a couple scenarios, um, and we'll talk about how we right size these today, and then we'll talk about how you can right size them leveraging VMDSC. So imagine this first scenario where you're leveraging vRealize operations. And I know it was just rebranded, but I'm going to stick with vRealize because that's how my brain still thinks, right? So imagine vROPS tells you you have an undersized VM. That VM is named PRD Win App 04364, right? Pretty common naming convention that I see a lot, things like that, right? Um, it's currently sized with one vCPU and two gigs of memory, but vROPS recommends eight and 16. And sure enough, if you look at vROPS or vCenter performance metrics, you can see it's definitely kind of pegged and probably experiencing some application performance issues, right? So I use this scenario, undersized VM, because it's much easier, and I'm sure you've all seen this, when you have a VM that's undersized and you go to that application owner and say, hey, I want to give you more resources, right? They usually don't fight that battle. The other way, it's a different story, right? Um, but I wanted to make it simple here. So, so what do we know? Uh, the VM is named PRD Win App 04364, right? So it's likely a production VM, PRD. It's Windows running some kind of an app. And if you've got thousands of VMs in your environment, you're probably not going to go, oh, yeah, that's, that's that one app that everyone cares about, right? So you're going to have to look it up in some CMDB or some inventory database, figure out who owns it, reach out to them, get the approval. And VMDSC really doesn't help in that regard. But the process of technically resizing it, it helps dramatically, right? And so today, to resize this thing, what would we have to do? We'd have to reach out. We'd have to say, when can I power off this VM, right? When is it going to not impact the business? And we need to schedule that with your users and things like that. And then let's say they say, we can only do it on Saturday at 9 PM. Great, there's my weekend, right? So now I have to stay up. And yeah, I could probably script it or something like that. But you want to validate that it works and all that, right? So, so it's a very manual, painful process of working with people and coordinating and things like that, right? Let's look at scenario number two, right? So let's say you have 15 web VMs behind a load balancer, right? So it's, it's hosting some web application. It's balancing traffic. Um, but not all these VMs are sized consistently, and they should be, right? Because you're balancing sessions across them, so it should be consistent. So maybe something got, another VM got built after the fact, and someone else built it. It happens, right? So it's not sized uniformly across all the VMs, right? You know that all these VMs reside within a particular vSphere folder named AppWeb Farm 024. And you've been tasked with remediating these, basically getting them all sized the same, right? 
but also there is a security patching window happening on Thursday night. It's good to know, right? That's just tomorrow night. So what would we have to do today to do this, right? We would have to figure out a time when we could do it. Maybe you don't need to because it's a web balanced application, right? And so you could, in theory, take a VM out of the load balancer and do it without anyone knowing. But you probably want to give those folks a heads up at least, right? We would have to take the VM out of the load balancer, drain all the users, shut it down, reconfigure, power back on, put it back, you know, all that. A lot of, lot of work, right? Um, and again, you're, you're figuring out when to do this on some weekend or something like that, right? So let's talk about VMDSC, right? And so this is, like I said, a VMware fling today. And when we approached this project and this problem that we're trying to solve, we really addressed these three things. We wanted to streamline operations, number one. So eliminating that need to kind of coordinate those, those maintenance windows with the business, right? And figure out when can I shut this thing down and, and redo it and just be available to do that, which is a simple task, right? And then if we can figure that out, it kind of leads into these next two items. So right-sizing, right? If we can actually help our customers right-size these workloads over time without all that hassle, then they can actually reclaim all those resources, right? And then that leads into sustainability, which I said is you know, a lot more important to our customers nowadays. So decreasing their overall carbon footprint it's, it's something that the, the, we're starting to get asked a lot about, right? And so these are the three things that we really hope to kind of unlock, if you will. And so looking at VMDSC a little bit more granularly, right? This project, we had two main milestones that we wanted to accomplish. And that was to, first and foremost, create a mechanism within ESXi or vCenter for VI admins to basically just specify CPU and memory of a VM. And then that configuration will take effect, and here's the, the key part, the next time that VM reboots, right? So not like a power off, just somebody going into the OS and saying Windows shut or reboot, right? So that was the first milestone. And then the second one was more around the way that we built this and architected it. And we wanted to provide an API first approach, right? And that way we can automate, we can tie this in with other um, you know, management tools like vRealize Operations, for instance. You can build your own UI around it if you want to. Um, that was what we really wanted to accomplish. And so that's exactly what we did. And so VMDSC is a fling, as I mentioned. If you're not familiar with that, they are essentially utilities that VMware engineers have built, and they're available for use. And many times those flings turn into either new features or new products even within some of our, our main products, right? And the reason we, we developed this as a fling is because we wanted to really prove out the use case, like do customers think this makes sense, and should it be part of our product, right? And is it addressing the challenge that we think it is, right? So it is delivered as a virtual appliance, so it's just an OVA. You download it, you deploy it like any other appliance in your environment, you give it an IP address, you know, host name, all those traditional things, but you also give it credentials to connect to vCenter, right? And so once this thing is up and running in your environment, you have an API now able to use, right? Um, and if you're not familiar with APIs, and that's fine, like a lot of VI admins, I, I'm not super you know, comfortable with APIs hitting them directly, but we've set up some additional integrations uh, with vRealize Orchestrator, provides a bunch of workflows out of the box so you don't have to think about how do I connect to this thing and get all codey, right? Um, and then that 
could integrate with vRealize operations, which I'll show in a bit. So it's basically just click a button and it's going to right size that VM, right? And then I've also built a vRealize log insight content pack to show kind of an audit history of VMDSC events. So like this VM was reconfigured at this date. Here was the old config. Here's the new config. Just kind of a, a visual way to kind of see what's been going on, right? And then Heath, I don't know if Heath is out here, but he was one of our project team members. Uh, he built a PowerShell module. So I know a lot of folks are more familiar with PowerShell, PowerCLI. You can go to the PowerShell gallery and just download PowerVMDSC and completely interact with VMDSC through that mechanism, which is, opens a lot of doors for automation and, and scripting and things like that, right? So that's what VMDSC is basically, right? So let's go back to those two scenarios and talk about how we would do this with VMDSC, right? So again, that first scenario, the undersized VM that VROPS is reporting, right? So now, let's say we've, we've reached out to the, the application owners. They're like, yep, give it more resources. Why wouldn't I want that, right? Make it better. Um, so rather than now figuring out a time when we have to do this thing and reconfigure it, we're just going to go into VROPS. We're going to search for the VM name, right? We'll click on that. And then now from the Actions dropdown, because we have all those integrations set up with VRO, VROPS, things like that, we've got a couple different actions here. So let me start with the middle one. So set VM desired state automatic. What this is going to do is the VRO workflow is going to reach out to VROPS and say, what is the recommended configuration for this VM? If there is one, if there is, I'm going to push it over to VMDSC. And then from that point on, VMDSC will be waiting and watching vCenter for that VM to reboot. And then magic happens, and it's got the new config, right? The, the one below that, the set VM desired state manual, very similar, except you get to choose the configuration, right? So you can specify, I want it to have four vCPUs, eight gigs of memory, two cores per socket, right? And then the top one here is just um, delete a pending desired config the desired state config. So if you want to back it out and say, don't, don't do that, we change our minds or something like that. So in this case, we're going to click set desired state automatic. VROPS is going to basically just give us this window that all we have to do is click begin action. We don't have to enter anything. We click OK. And now we're done, right? So VMDSC at this point is just waiting and watching for that VM to reboot. When it does, it's going to halt the process, power it off real quick make the change, power it back on, and it takes about a second. Nobody really notices, right? So because we're good VI admins, we want to validate that our config is actually set. So we're going to open up Postman. If you're not familiar with Postman, it's a really cool utility. Um, it's free to download, and it's good for testing and building APIs and things like that, right? So we've provided a Postman collection that you can leverage to basically run any of these API requests, right? So we're going to run the read all just to go fetch all of the pending configs within VMDSC within the database. And sure enough, we can see there is a pending config here. Where's my mouse? Maybe I have a pointer. I don't know. There it is. OK. So you can see here is the VMUUID. Here's the name of it. Here's the pending config, so eight CPU. 16 gigs of memory, one core per socket, and then there's a state here which says not realized, which means it's, it's basically waiting for it to reboot, right? So at this point, we validated it. 
Now we can go back to that VM and application owner and just say, go reboot your VM whenever it works for you and the business and your users. Leave me out of it, right? And I'll go on my, my merry way. So much easier, right? And so you can see, obviously, the, the, the resources before the reboot was one CPU, two gigs of memory, and now it's eight and 16, right? Pretty easy. So if we look at the second scenario, right, this was the web farm configuration problem where we've got VMs that are all sized incorrectly or inconsistently, right? So again, we're going to go into VROPS. We're going to search for that folder this time, right? This is the folder where all those VMs reside. We're going to click on that. And then we're going to go up to actions. And again, we've got a couple new actions here, right? So we can right size all VMs within the folder. And what that's going to do is it's going to go to vRealize Orchestrator. It's going to iterate through every VM in the folder, reach out to vROPS, figure out if there is a recommended configuration. And if there is, it will schedule that, right? So it just iterates through. Um, the one below, set VM desired state folder manual, this one is going to be where you can basically specify the config for all the VMs in the folder, right? So it's going to iterate through every VM and apply that desired state for every one of them. And then, of course, we have the delete all pending configs if we want to back it out, right? So in, in this case, we're going to click on set desired state folder manual. And again, here, I'll make this a little bigger. You can now specify the CPU, cores per socket, and memory. And this is going to get pushed into VMDSC for every VM in that folder. So we'll click begin action, click OK. And again, going back to Postman, we'll just run a read all API request, and we can see, sure enough, we have a record for every VM in that folder. So VMDSC is now waiting and watching for every one of those VMs to reboot, and it's going to apply that configuration, right? And maybe some of the VMs already had this configuration, and that's okay. It's just going to make sure it has it again the next time it reboots, right? Um, so we're done at this point, right? All we need to do is go tell the patching team, hey, heads up. As you reboot these VMs on Thursday night when you're doing your regular security patching, they may come back up with a new config. But shouldn't be a problem. If there is, call me, right? <laughs> so it makes your life a lot easier. Um, so that's it, right? A lot easier. It eliminates that, that, that difficult business challenge of, of scheduling when we can take down a VM, right? It's a very simple action in theory, but has a lot of business implications, right? So a little bit of history about this project. It was pitched, what is this, two and a half years ago at the CTOA Ambassador Conference? Future State. Really? Well, let's talk after. I want to hear about this. <laughs> um, so it was moved then into an XLab project, which XLabs is an innovation program within VMware, and we actually got funding to hire uh, a developer, help build this thing. Took about 12 months, and last October 1st, so uh, about 11 years, 11 years, 11 months ago, uh, it went live, right? And so we've, we've released a couple updates since then. We added cores per socket, which was a big ask from the community, and a bunch of bug fixes, things like that, right? But more from a sustainability impact perspective, right? This was recently featured in VMware's ESG report, 2022 ESG report, that's Environmental, Social, and Governance Report. And they highlighted it because of the potential 
implications it could have as it relates to right sizing and lowering your carbon footprint, right? And so we actually worked with a customer, uh, I believe out of France, Groupama, and they were leveraging VMDSC in a dev environment with Ansible, actually. They didn't use any of our integrations with vRealize. They used Ansible to reach out to vRops, get the config, and then take 80% of that. They didn't want to use the full 100% recommendation from vRops. They were a little more conservative. But then they, you know, they used that to right-size this entire dev environment and saved a, a ton of, let's see, it was 29% of their allocated vCPU and 20% of their RAM. So it was pretty impactful, right? And then they even built a UI around it, right? Because it's an API, so very simple for them. So we've had a bunch of feature requests from the community around what else could we do with VMDSC, right? Because if you think about it, CPU, uh, cores per socket, and memory are just parameters in the VMX file, right? So in theory, anything in that VMX file should be fair game for this kind of a mechanism, right? So we've had customers ask about changing the OS type. So maybe going from, if you did an upgrade of Windows Server 2016 to 2019, we would probably want to change that, right? Um, adding hardware like VTPM, that's an interesting one. Enforcing no hot add. I've seen that one <laughs> a lot, right? Because sometimes users don't know what that means, and they turn it on, and your policy is not to turn it on. So how do you fix that after the fact and even find out which ones have it, right? Um, switching the disk mode. This was an interesting one. So changing it from dependent to independent, maybe from, you know, you don't want them included in snapshots, those disks, or you do want them included in snapshots. The only thing I think of is, like, some kind of a clustering database type scenario. I don't know. It's interesting. But in theory, we could do it, right? Or creating snapshots. That's an interesting use case. But you know, every time maybe you, you reboot, you want to take a snapshot for some reason. So, so looking forward, um, again, this is a fling. So please, if you haven't used it, you haven't checked it out, go to the fling site, download it, play around with it, um, see if it makes sense for you. What else would you want to see in there, right? So as we look at other parameters that could be included, I know you. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, we'll get to that on the bottom here, right? So, so what else could we include in, in this mechanism from a VMX perspective, right? What other integrations could we do, right? Maybe, maybe something in your ITSM system like ServiceNow, open a quick change and then close it, just so you at least have that from a business process perspective, and you can audit that history-wise. And then well, this is something we considered, and we started building it. We kind of ran out of time and, uh, and money and resources and all that. But could we make it a little bit more smart as far as, OK, reboot this VM, change the config, but only do it after this date and between these hours or something like that? Sometimes customers might want to do that, right? But just being a little bit more smart and tactical around how we can and when we can do it, right? And then tags, right? So vSphere tags, we get a lot of questions about that. Um, I think it probably is best in the automation layer. So if you're using Power, PowerShell or Power VMDSC or VRO, that's where you would integrate it with tags, like say, change the configure for all these VMs that are tagged this, right? And leave it out of VMDSC, but maybe there's something there too. Could you do the tag in VROPS? Yeah. 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 I think that's that's totally doable. Sorry? 
Hardware version. That's another one that's come up a lot, yeah. Yeah. So actually, that is kind of built in already. And I've, I've kind of argued like this is, you've already kind of built this desired state within vSphere through that mechanism. You can schedule a hardware version upgrade the next time it reboots. And you can even have the guest OS check in like it was an, an, a graceful shutdown, which is a VM tools integration, right? So they've kind of already built this mechanism, which leads me into the last bullet point here is, should this be natively included in vSphere or ESXi, right? So I think so. And we've been talking to you know, product managers within the vSphere team. Um, and we're starting to build that business case. But what we really need is more input from our customers. So please, please, please go to the Fling site, play around with it, give us feedback, because that will help that business case. And so VROPS has great capabilities to do this, except it will, like when you schedule a right size within VROPS, you can either do it at a certain time or do it right now. It's going to just shut the thing down right then and there. Right? And so with VMDSC, you just say, OK, it's scheduled, Mr. Application Owner. Go reboot whenever you want. So you still need to coordinate. It's a very, yeah, it's a business problem that we're trying to solve, like coordinating with, with the business, right? It is not required. VROPS, VRO, none of the VRealize is, requ is required for this. So how do we do it? What is the trick? Is that what you're asking? OK, so how would we run this if we didn't have VROPS or any of the vRealize stuff? Yeah. Yep. So you can do that. You download the OVA. You deploy it. You now have this API that you can use. You can just use Postman, if we back up here, um, or Power VMDSC. Where am I? So you can create a config right here. And in the, the body of the API call, you just specify the, the desired state that you want. There's no GUI outside of VROPS. VRO provides a pretty good GUI as far as workflows. And most people own VRO, and they don't realize it. So, But PowerShell you know, is a pretty good mechanism to use there, too. Right? Yeah. I know. And that's something we've we've been thinking about is like a plugin, exactly that, right? Yeah. Yep. We've been thinking about it and it's a lot of time and this isn't like our day jobs, so um, finding the time to do that. But getting it in vCenter would be ideal, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, part of the VMX file, right? Yeah. And that's what we want. We just need to get there. So it's just taking us some time to get there. All right, but I think I'm almost out of time. Um, my last slide was the question for Q&As, which we've kind of naturally gone into. but. Uh, I will be over there if anyone wants to chat. Please take your surveys. We'd love to see you know, what you thought of the session. And of course, thank you for joining today. And I hope you have a great rest of your 
Conference. All right.